Welcome to the LCAL a Low Carb Ancestral Living Podcast. I'm your host, Pim Johnson, and each week I'm bringing you new guests who will share their opinions and expertise on different topics related to health and well-being. Enjoy! Hi and welcome to LCAL Low Carb Ancestral Living with Pim Johnson. Today we have a returnee. Last time we were talking about semen retention and all the benefits that this can bring to your life from a male perspective. And today he is back with his wife, Sarah. And we're going to dive into the female perspective a little bit and see what she was experiencing during this whole transformation. So Nakula, Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate being back. It's so good to have you back. And I'm really happy that you offered. And I'm really happy that Sarah wanted to come as well. (laughs) So (laughs) we never went into your relationship the last time. But do you just want to walk us through a little bit? Like, how long have you guys been married? And what was your relationship like before you started practicing semen retention? You can answer this question. Sure, okay. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Uh, well, we've been together, we began t- together 13 years. And uh, I was a bartender at uh, Eastside Mario's. And if anybody's not familiar with Eastside Mario's, it's like a uh, American-Italian kind of eatery. It's a franchise. Uh, and I don't know if it's worldwide, but it's really popular uh, in the U.S. and in Canada. And... Um, yeah, so I was a bartender, and uh, Sarah was the uh, uh, hostess, and uh, I was like, "All right," <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so we started, uh, we started, uh, we started dating, and I, and we were very like a very. Uh, Western material, modern relationship. It was like, I remember I was literally having a conversation like, this is just casual, right? Like, you know, this is, it's nothing serious, you know? It was having fun. Yeah, just having fun, right? Like hooking up, you know? And, uh, you know, we weren't waiting till marriage or anything like that. (laughs) And, uh, uh, but we really liked hanging out uh, above uh, and beyond just hooking up, but uh, we really liked hanging out. I mean, we would just listen to music and smoke a lot. Of dope was we were younger uh, at that time and and uh, <laughs> that's what our relationship was, was a very very like I'd say very Western normal type of uh, modern type of relationship. There was no concept of semen retention or personal development or any of that stuff was not in our world at all. We were just simply uh, you know a couple kids having fun. And uh, that's how it started. And uh, we liked hanging out. And I remember us uh, saying, like, oh, this is just casual. You know, we won't even put it on Facebook type of thing. You know, that's the official, right? <laughs> you're, you're only official if, if it says it on Facebook. And uh, uh-huh. I think within, like, three months, I was living with <laughs> her and her family. <laughs> so this casual, like, hey, we'll just, like, kind of connect went into, hey, why don't you, like, move in and such. And I think it was, like... Two, three months. It was really quick. We were living uh, together in her parents' basement. And 13 years later, we're here, still still uh, in love and still going strong and still learning. Still getting along. Still getting along, <laughs> yeah. Very much still getting along, having fun. Oh, that's good. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. So, yeah, okay. So... In the beginning of most relationships, everything is new and everything is exciting and I can see how that kind of went on, but usually things cool off after a little while. And did you guys ever experience that? 
I mean, we've had our our moments, but I, I would say our life in general has been very adventurous and unlike, I guess, the the normal like societal relationship you know like get married have kids have a family um so we've our life has always been adventurous so it's always kept us um it's all it's always kept things very interesting (laughs) yeah there's been times in our relationship where we've uh like any relationship we've had tough times we were actually just talking about this like a couple days ago and about just our, our relationship and there's been times like any relationship goes through ups and downs, tough times. Overall, we've had a great relationship. Uh, our tough times, you know, like financial struggles, uh, bad decisions, mainly financially. We've made some, some, you know, bad investments and such, which were put a lot of pressure on us. So therefore, uh, yeah. you know, when, when you're struggling to pay the bills, you're not sure what's going on. You know, uh, the, the sexual energy between a relationship will naturally sort of die off. Um, and so we've had times where we're definitely much more passionate, let's say, and uh, much more attached in a, in a sexual way. And we've had times where, you know, it's been, uh, it hasn't been there. Uh, pressures, life, that kind of thing. Yeah, that sounds pretty normal then. Yeah, it's been, it's so been in that start- sense, it's normal. I think any relationship goes through those type of ups and downs. Yeah, absolutely. So you started practicing semen retention a couple of years ago? Yeah, I would say roughly about four or five years ago. I was introduced, so okay. we started, we got involved with a network marketing company. And uh, this was maybe, what, a year or two into our relationship, mm-hmm. right yeah. near, near the beginning. And we were both, in, as individuals, I think that we met at a time where we were, you know, we were young, we were partying, you know, that type of thing. But at the same time, we were also transitioning. Uh, Sarah was coming out of some personal, uh, you know, family type stuff. And I was also looking for myself. Uh, what am I going to do with my life? What, who am I? And uh, I was also in a transition. So I think we met each other where individually we were both transitioning and discovering who we are more as individuals and how we wanted to be our own our own people and so uh we got involved with uh, a network marketing company and we started going to these seminars and they started talking about personal development and taking responsibility for your life mindset and this is the first time we've been introduced to any type of personal development concepts like these and we did uh so we started going to these seminars we went through a program called the landmark forum which we both did and we both did you did the advanced course too no no i did i did the advanced course but the forum it was a three-day weekend seminar and we did it separately i did it first and then sarah sarah went did it yeah that's right my mom also did it my father it was such a powerful course that literally like my family signed up because they could see such a difference in me from the course and mm. then sarah did it my mom also was in her class and then my, my father ended up actually doing it as well and um that course had it was like the first time we were it, the it was the first time i guess someone ever put a mirror up to us, ourselves as individuals and said your life is your fault <laughs> kind of thing right like you have to be responsible for your life and it, yeah yeah and it talked a lot about like the stories that we run stories you know that we have in our head and how it's the stories that we have 
that really make up our life. And so it started bringing up all this unconscious stuff that we had as individuals up to the forefront. And uh, I particularly got fascinated with the mind and how it works and all its powers and nuances. And so in that way, um, you know, we started jumping down this personal development train and it was somewhere along that journey I read Thinking Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill and I got introduced to this concept of sex transmutation. Kind of skipped it over like most people skip that chapter over, read it and be like, okay, I kind of get it. Basically, you know, get your stuff under control. <laughs> um, and then it wasn't until later on that we got involved with um, the Hare Krishna community. So uh, a, a type of yogic practice uh, which has its roots from, from India. And then they they promoted um, what's known as brahmachari or a monk lifestyle, celibacy. And it was like, wow. That's, <laughs> We're going to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's a little bit difficult here, right? You know, all right. And so, so it was, I, it was kind of like, um, and then, and then Sarah, uh, um, number of years ago had a, I don't know, how would you describe it? A, a breakdown health-wise? Oh, well, yeah, like, I, I've always had uh, some issues, like, with depression and, and anxiety. So, a couple of years ago, when Nick started practicing semen retention is when I went, uh, I went back home for uh, a few months to um, just work, work some things out on a personal level. And that's when. Yeah. Yeah. It was a tough time. I mean, I mean, Sarah, uh, yeah, like basically had like a, a physical and, and mental kind of, I, I don't know, I'd say like a breakdown. And um, she went back to live. Uh, we were, we moved away from our family and stuff, nothing negative there, just through opportunity through life. But she went back to, to Toronto where we lived and we now live on the East Coast of Canada. And we spent six months uh, apart mm-hmm. in, in our relationship. And, um, I was reading all of the spiritual knowledge through the Vedic, uh, the Vedic uh, knowledge, so Bhagavad Gita specifically, and learning from monks and learning from these very high, high level spiritual practitioners. And I call it my forced monkhood, right? I was like, okay, I'm going to do this, right? Like I'm going to, since, <laughs> since Sarah's not around and, uh, and, uh, and I'm going to be by myself here. And I spent about close to six months really by myself. Like I was very much living in solitude for those six months. I didn't travel. Uh, I didn't go anywhere. I was at home most of that time. And, um, I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to really try to, you know, live this kind of celibacy life, try to not watch porn, not masturbate, like nothing. Like I'm going to try to go uh, what's known as brahmachari. And I'm grateful that I had that time period to do it. And I would say I did really well for about four to five months. And then after that, it was just like, it was game on, right? Because it's like I had so much sexual energy. Uh, I was just like kind of pent up, sexually frustrated. Um, and uh, that's when I started. Uh, and then, you know, and then I just kind of like was like just masturbating and watching porn and like all this kind of stuff going on. And me and Sarah, as you could tell, we're very open, right? So it's not like uh, like if I, if I watch porn, it's not like I'm like hiding it from Sarah or anything like that, right? I might even be like, hey, check this out, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> right type of thing, right? So, <laughs> you know, um, so we're, we're extremely open in our relationship. 
right? Um, you know, uh, especially in the realm of sex, we talk about sex and we don't feel like it's something that we should have shame around or guilt around or that we should be doing things behind each other's back. If there's some sexual discussion that needs to happen, whether it's pornography or anything in the realm, you know, our kind of rule is it has to be open, like it has to be talked about. Um, and that way it keeps our relationship very solid in that way and trusting. And so in that time period, I realized that uh, brahmachari is not for me. A monk is not for me. And uh, obviously, I didn't even desire it. And so that's when I started looking outside the Vedic knowledge to the Taoist knowledge. I started just searching all this esoteric knowledge about sexual energy because I got fascinated with the concept that you can use sexual energy not just to have great sex, but you can use it to manifest. It's actually the very energy of life. It's what makes the world go round, sort of say. It's what drives us all and how our, and this goes back to my fascination with the mind of how sexual energy and the mind uh, are one, one in the same. You cannot separate your sexual energy and your psychology. And so that's when I, I found uh, a mentor who was uh, studying and, and practicing um, the Taoist uh, uh, techniques called sexual Kung Fu. And Kung Fu means uh, daily discipline, that which requires daily discipline. That's the original meaning of Kung Fu. We think of Kung Fu as like a martial art. But it's anything that requires daily discipline is Kung Fu. And so sexual Kung Fu is bringing daily discipline to your sexual energy. However, they took a, uh, a an approach that said, we know most guys aren't going to give up sex, <laughs> right? We know, we know most people aren't going to give up sex, but what we're going to do is bring discipline and focus to it, and you can engage in non-ejaculatory sex and practice semen retention. And of course, we had the discussion on the last podcast, just just myself and you, about the benefits of semen retention and why a man should practice it. And so I started studying and learning all these techniques and practicing when Sarah was away. And I was telling her, like, I'm doing this and practicing these things and such. And then when she did come back and she got healthy again and got strong again, which she herself went through a tremendous transformation, like Sarah left and six months later came back as a different person, stronger setting more boundaries, not so much defining herself by me anymore, which tends to happen with a lot of women, I think, right? The man could, or one partner tends to define everything. And I'm a very strong personality, as you could tell, <laughs> right? And so in that in yeah. that way, I can easily take over and just be like, we're doing this and we're doing it, right? And, but Sarah was able to come back, put me in my place, kind of say, uh, like, check me and be able to, to, to be with a strong personality and set her own boundaries and such. And which is actually very attractive for me, because for me, a, a, a powerful woman is attractive. And so um, she came back a different, more powerful woman. And our relationship then took and I wouldn't say our relationship was bad or anything. No, not at all. Yeah, it's not like we were like in a bad spot or had like it wasn't like that at all. But it just up leveled. It up leveled because I was practicing semen retention, and based upon all those benefits, my own masculine charge and focus and clarity was so heightened that you know we were able to do better financially. We were building business like we were just on task, on point. And because Sarah had gone through her own 
transformations and working with her anxiety and everything and depression and, and, and learning all these tools and transformational techniques to be able to uh, deal with that and, 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 uh, and grow, she came back a stronger woman, which now has made our life even better, both in and outside the bedroom. Uh, because I feel like now we're most like individuals. I don't just run the show. Um, and Sarah can also say no to me, which is super important. Like, it's super important that 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 that's able to happen, even though sometimes I don't like it. <laughs> so I don't know if you want to add anything to that, or yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, but but it is super important, and it's it's actually really beneficial for our relationship. So. I don't... Yeah, so Sarah, what did you think when, you know, what, what were your thoughts when he said that he was going to start practicing semen retention? I was just, I was happy for him. I said, yeah, go ahead, do it. Cool. <laughs> Whenever Nick has, has, has wanted to, like, uh, pursue anything on the personal development level, I mean, what woman wouldn't want their husband to to do that, you know? I mean, it, it improves your life. It improves your relationship. It imp- improves um, it improves the quality of the relationship. So, so for me, it was like, yeah, do it. I think there there were some initial questions about like how it like well how does that work, especially. No, I mean, there are questions, yeah. but when you said that you wanted to do it, there was no uh, hesitation. So. Yeah. Okay, so when you came back and kind of you and this new person, obviously he's changed as well. I assume. So, what was the first thing you, you noticed? I noticed that he had, uh, well, Nick has always had a lot of energy, but I noticed that his energy was a lot more focused. It wasn't so chaotic anymore. Or at least he had developed uh, a discipline for that energy. Yeah. And, uh, and for me, I was like, oh, nice. Because I'm, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I need a little, I need a little more stability than, than Nick does. So, the fact that he was just like focused on one to two, three, one to two things was perfect. <laughs> yeah, that that like just to, yeah, to give I, like a practical like, yeah, like how that practically translates. Like just to get some insight, it's like before I started practicing semen retention and and really consciously working on my my sexual energy and the way that I express my energy overall was I was like I would I had like two to three four five business ideas on the go uh I would uh start something do that for three months six months and then be like no 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 that's not it that's not it and then change and then be and then do that and then we would start getting momentum and be like that and then change again and that started taking a toll uh, on Sarah because and and I, as I've learned more about masculine feminine energy I realize now back then I didn't realize it but now I realize that th- she couldn't fully trust me in the ability to provide the ability to protect the ability to be a stable man because I'm always changing my mind and what am I going to do and what am I going to do and so she would be like, okay, we finally found something and then feel secure in that. And then I would go and change and then she would then feel unsecure. So it brought up a lot of, um, it brought a lot of like, I guess, core safety issues. Am I able 
to trust this guy, right? Can I? And then, you know, and a lot, a lot of guys, what they, and you know, I work with men, right? And this is something that I teach them now. I say, if you're always changing what you're doing, and you're always, you're all over the place, so you're essentially in your feminine energy, you're chaotic, right? You're, you're, you're up and down and such, right? Then your, your wife or your partner, she's not going to be able to trust you or even, you know, in a lot of guys, there's this idea of like, oh, I want my woman to surrender to me. Trust me. Let me lead. Let me, right? But a woman is only going to be able to do that with all confidence if you show her that you're capable of staying focused and actually getting shit done like you know to, to you know like can you actually execute the things you say you're going to execute can you can i see can she see that you are a man of your word and that you get done it doesn't mean i'm perfect and, and we're not talking about perfection but overall are you a growing expanding man and until i started practicing semen retention i wasn't but when i did that's it now she saw He's focused. And I knew it in myself. This is it. Because I'm more solid in myself. I agree with that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I guess you have first-hand experience there from watching all of this happen. (laughs) So, how how did this change? I mean, how quickly or slowly did this change anything in your sex life? And the rest of your life as well, like, because you came back when you already were a, co- a month or two into it. So I guess it was kind of like a jump start, or or not. Just tell me about that. Um, how did our, it change our sex life? Um, well, I mean, as anyone who's listening might know, when you're dealing with like depression or anxiety, your just your sex drive just right goes down the toilet. So it took a little while. Yep. For uh, for things to kind of pick up and get going uh, on that in in that sense, but um, it was really it, it was really interesting. Sex was definitely different. Um, I found that he was more focused on me, like my pleasure, because when you're practicing something like sexual kung fu or semen retention, you know you're not uh, a man is not outwardly like ejaculating, right? And usually for women, um, when does sex end? when the man ejaculates. So if Nick is never ejaculating, well, when do we stop? It it almost created like new rules to the game. So it was, it was a little bit interesting figuring it out. Um, you know, sex ended when I wanted sex to end. And that was, uh, it was, it puts the power in, it put the power in, in my hands for the first time, right? So um, it was very interesting and it was very different. And... I mean, I like it. I have no complaints on that front. <laughs> yeah. What about for you? I bet. Uh, for me, well, yeah, yeah, it's the same thing. It's like, in a way, it's like, um, uh, again, when we start first started having sex and I wasn't ejaculating, um, I found that the, I actually found that I was more satisfied from like a connection standpoint. So at that point, Sarah was away from six months and I was going down the, the, the sort of porn and, and, and webcam girl kind of rabbit hole. 
right? Trying to satisfy my sexual desire and, and right? And um, it was so unsatisfying. Like, like it was hot. Like there's a, there's like, it's hot. Like there's like, oh wow, that's really sexy maybe from an outwardly standpoint. But the more that I would watch, the more sexually frustrated I would actually feel. And then the more I couldn't practice retention, and I recognized that my whole whatever I had built up as far as like personal masculine power was getting depleted. So those months of brahmachari, those months where I was like really solid and clear and happy, like like even though we were going through a tough time, I was like happy, right? And I recognized because I learned as time went on, like my dopamine was balanced, my hormones that I wasn't depleting my energy and so when sarah came back well the first thing was that like said like it took us a bit because when anybody's going through uh uh you know like depression uh anxiety these type of things generally one of the first things that goes is is libido right and so all of a sudden there's no real sex drive there and so we had to be conscious to work on that and be like, well, what can we do? So there was this almost basis. And, and because of the training that I was receiving and going through with the sexual kung fu, which I call it sexual alchemy is how I brand it, is that the, the, as men, we learn, to, we learn to develop a new relationship with sex where it's not goal-oriented. It's not about me just ejaculating and releasing my energy which is how a lot of people approach sex. Like, it's not to cultivate energy, it's actually to release energy. So, for most men, when they have sex, they ejaculate, and then right away, they're like, you know, I need to fall asleep or whatever, right? They, they're, they're tired. But this type of sex yeah. is uh, different, where the idea is actually we're connecting more. So, how it changed for me is I'm not focused now on my own pleasure i'm experiencing tremendous amounts of pleasure even more heightened pleasure and more bodily pleasure like it's all over it's not just focused on the sexual organs right um and then i was able to uh make sarah like orgasm few times right because i could go as long as i want i could be more present with her and therefore, I also felt more satisfied. So when she was like, okay, I'm, I'm good, right? Like, you know, like, okay, okay. <laughs> and enough for tonight, right? Type of thing, right? I, I was still like, I could keep going, right? You know, like, right? I was like, oh, right? Cause, cause I haven't ejaculated, right? So I haven't ended, right? Sort of say. And through sexual alchemy, mm-hmm. I learned to circulate that energy and hold that masculine, that charge. And instead of rolling over and going to sleep, I'm like, okay, great. I'm up early. I've only sleeping, instead of sleeping eight hours, I'm sleeping six hours or four hours. And yet I'm up early and I'm meditating and everything because I haven't lost that charge. So it can it, it created a dynamic where um, Sarah, like said, is more uh, in control of when it ends as opposed to the man being finished and then it's done right um she can be like yeah let's keep going or let's do that again and when a woman orgasms the first time it's easier than to make her orgasm the second time or the third time right so once you get one in right you you can you she can have multiple orgasms (laughs) and for myself right (laughs) and for myself 
um, I learned how to have energetic orgasm, which is not an ejaculatory orgasm, but a full body explosion of that energy. And I can, can also have that multiple times. But again, she could then be like, okay, it's done. And I wouldn't be left feeling frustrated. A lot of guys think that that's what you're going to give up. Well, I'm not going to be satisfied. Actually, it's the quite opposite. It's quite a mind. Like it, 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 it's hard to believe, right? I tell people, look, if you ask someone, what does a banana taste like? And you've never ate a banana. It's almost nearly impossible to describe what a banana tastes like because you don't really, you don't have a reference point to it. So, uh, uh, so it's, it's kind of like that, right? It's a different experience. And so what I noticed is that I would be more satisfied, but I would say another big difference is I would also be much more, um, pursuing her more. So for example, we have sex, right? And then, we finish having sex the next day instead of me being like and any honest guy will tell you that this is the experience in a way they're kind of like okay leave me alone for a while right because their masculine charge is done until that charge builds back up you know through through semen production they would be like okay like kind of like disconnected but actually what happens in this type of relationship and sex is i'm now pursuing her more i'm more touchy like she comes around and i want to touch her more and i want to be why because i'm still charged up right so so there's a more intimate playfulness there and it really as a man it really brings out your more playfulness you're almost high but without doing drugs right i i do want to add that the first few months it was uh I was a little bit self-conscious because, again, uh, sex usually ends when the man finishes. Um, so when, you know, Nick is not finishing, you're like, oh, am I doing, am I am I not satisfying you? Am I not doing a good job? Uh, so was, I was a little bit self-conscious in the beginning, but that, that, um, that goes away pretty quickly when you're having, you know, three or four hour orgasms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It does take communication. Oh, whatever. <laughs> I'm good. Just, in a way, yeah, right? She's like, I don't care for satisfying. No, I'm just joking. She's not like that at all. Um, but um, And it's not like I never ejaculate, but it's more like planned. Like, it'll be like, are you going to, I'm going to, it's like, oh, I've been, whole, let's say I've been retaining for like, you know. Three months. Or- three months, which I, I average right now. So when I first started practicing, it was like, you know, once every couple of weeks, once a month. And now I don't really count days, but like if I think back, like it'd be like it's average like once every 60 to 90 days kind of thing, right? But it's like, it's kind of planned. I'll be like, hey, this weekend, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. It's on. It's on, right? And so, so we, 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 those, those nights that it's more planned, it's more conscious, like that's gonna happen, um, you know, without maybe going into uh, extreme details or anything, but we'll, we'll have an extra fun night, you know, maybe, you maybe, you know, you know, maybe there'll be some fantasies or some things going on that, why? Because, you know, it's like, and it kind of makes it special, right? It's not like just this thing, it's not like an obligation, like, like a duty oh okay you know i guess i gotta do my duty get him off and and, and that way i could just get back to tv or whatever you know uh so so it becomes fun there's a playfulness there that keeps that um 
You know, like a lot of people talk about the honeymoon phase. Mm-hmm. It keeps yeah. that there. And sex becomes an expansive experience where it deepens your connection, your intimacy, not just in the bedroom, but outside the bedroom as well. Because, like, again, if we're having sex and I'm not ejaculating, I will be way more attentive and pursuing Sarah um, because, again, I'm charged up. And I'm like, hey, and I want to do it again. And right. And it's like, so there's like, there's just a, there's just a, a connection there that's, that's built, but it does take communication at the beginning. Cause a lot of what, what you're talking about is like communication far- and a lot of trust, I would say. Yeah. And it builds trust. Like this type of sex builds trust. Like I encourage couples to do it. Like if you're in a relationship, take on this type of tantric, you know, you can like, this is like in the world of tantra take on this kind of tantric experience where sex isn't just about having an orgasm or releasing your energy, but you're actually focused on the what does the other person want? How can I serve the other person and their pleasure? That same attitude that's in the bedroom then comes outside the bedroom because it's there and you're engraving that into your mind, into your unconscious mind during sex. Sex is the best time to engrave belief systems because it's when you're most open and vibrant. And this is, of course, when you start getting into subjects which are a little bit like mystical now, right? A little bit kind of going into the into the world of mysticism of like this idea of manifesting through sex. And when a couple understands this power and this secret, they recognize during sex is when you're most open and your brain can create the quickest neural pathways. So you could have sex where you're actually having sex and focusing on life goals or Focusing on, for very spiritual people, even focusing on God and connection uh, and, and focusing on developing your relationship and finances. And you create a, a, a very nice uh, energetic connection that stays with you long after the bedroom experience is done. And that's also extremely pleasurable. So, Sarah, when, when he started to change and, you know, pay more attention to you, getting more touchy-touchy, giving you, <laughs> you know, everything that uh, you probably wanted, how did it change, you know, how you felt about him and did it change how you were behaving towards him as well? Um, I definitely felt more connected. Uh, my love lang- One of my love languages is uh, physical physical affection and touch. So when Nick was let's just say, coming around more often. Uh, it was definitely appreciated. <laughs> and yeah, it, you know what? When he's showing more interest in me, and he, uh, it's only natural that that would be reciprocated. Um, so, I mean, did you... Like, uh, what was, what's your, what were your thoughts on yeah, that? Yeah, well, I, I, I noticed that, like, if I'm um, more desirable of Sarah right then i find anyways and you could probably elaborate and and speak to your personal experience but i find that sarah is also more like in a way feels attractive well definitely and when i feel like more attractive then i feel more confident and when i feel more confident then like you know things get done around the house (laughs) the dishes are done quicker so you know it's a win-win situation (laughs) yeah like this is this is again going into um and I've spent I've spent more time studying 
the actual like energies and how it works and such like that right so that's why sometimes like i can maybe articulate certain things just because i've i've just spent you know this has become a, a an almost like an obsessive passion of mine of how this works right because it i think it's transformative and i think everybody every man woman couple in the on the planet should be now learning about like to me this is real sex education not like what they teach in schools but like let's get to real in-depth sexual education and uh masculine energy is is fire energy or compared to like fire element and feminine energy is compared to to water to boil water you need fire so when a man is desiring his wife and he's not allowing the porn or masturbation to take over because if you're if you're doing all that then you'll any man will tell you if he's watching tons of porn unless there's only one aspect that shows that porn it's still I don't recommend it but there's only if, unless the couple is sharing that experience together so it there is studies that show that couples who watch pornography together can still like create that intimacy, right? But when a guy or a woman is watching porn by themselves and almost in a secretive way, right? Which is normally how it's being done. Or they're watching it by themselves and they're pleasuring themselves, then they are not as desirous of their partner or a real partner. We become more attached to the screen sex, as I call it these days, right? Uh, internet sex, as opposed to real, actual sex with real people instead of screens. Right. And so when I'm more pursuing Sarah, then it's like fire being lit underneath the water. So the water begins to boil. Now, here's the beauty of water. It takes longer to get hotter than fire fire is hot already so fire you can ignite fire really quick but you can extinguish it really quick right soon that's why as soon as a guy ejaculates that's his fire his heat is extinguished hence he's not even like interested he's like he's like i don't even want to talk right now because he's just actually his fire's out so he has to wait you know and depending on his age his health his testosterone levels, like if he's an unhealthy guy, overweight, it's going to take so long for his fire to get back going. And then that's going to be very difficult for the woman to be charged up. And, you know, right now there are more women cheating on their men than ever before. And one of the main reasons for that is sexual dissatisfaction. Right? And it's a largely due to the man not controlling his sexual energy or or pleasuring himself in whatever way too much so he has no charge to fire her up or to to boil her water sort of say um when so when but here's the beauty once you get water boiling and that water's boiling and you keep it boiling so if together you're like intentional let's keep that water boiling well, water takes long time to cool down, right? Hence, a woman can have multiple orgasms because she's hot already. She's now boiling, so she's ready. And if a woman knows how to keep her water boiling, 
she then becomes very vibrant in her energy. She then becomes very attractive, not just to her husband, but to the masculine energy as a whole. She becomes powerful as a woman because her water is boiling, which is very attractive to, 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 to the masculine energy. Interesting. And I, th- I think we spoke about this a bit the last time, but okay, and I think I speak for most women when I say like one thing, one of the worst things that usually happen in relationships is then, you know, after a while when things are kind of cooling down a little bit, and the guy starts to think that he's more or less entitled to sex. I'm generalizing very much here, but and then not showing the woman any appreciation or uh, interest in the woman, and the sex is just like completely unsatisfactory for usually the woman in this case because we do need that longer boiling time and uh, the attention. So, would you say that like are there other ways of turning this around rather than semen retention because for a lot of guys that's going to be like oh no i can't do that i don't want to do that is there another way of approaching the same problem and getting some sort of results that are long lasting Mm, yes uh uh, so okay so when we say semen retention again this is not a monk lifestyle clearly (laughs) right right right? this is not right sure this is not a monk this is i call it in between right you're you're not you're not going to be like most guys that are totally controlled especially in this age. This is a very newer problem in the world, pornography. But it's a yeah. huge problem. And but it's a newer problem. And the reality is most guys are caught down that rabbit hole, right? And 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 and, and masturbation and all this kind of stuff. This is so this is not like a monk where you've renounced sex. So I want to just be clear with that. So when guys hear semen retention, they think I'll never ejaculate again. And I've already you know as we said, that's not the case. Um, here's how, as a man, you can, even if you are having ejaculatory sex, or you're like, well, I don't know if I want to do the semen retention thing, but I do want to pursue my wife. I want to feel more connected. Lower your body fat. Uh, uh, if you have to lower your body fat percentage and grow in muscle mass, meaning become more muscle than fat. Because when you as a man are more muscle, your testosterone is higher. And what drives your masculinity is your testosterone. Uh, Right now, testosterone on the planet has been dropping almost 1% every year since the 1920s. You will see that there overall in society, there's a high feminization of men. So men are becoming essentially more and more feminized. The challenge with this is that, uh, and men are like, you know, like the dad bods and have like man boobs and all this stuff. First of all, physically, it is unattractive for a woman, right? Because it's just like, like any woman generally will tell you, I mean, I'm like, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but they want to see a guy with some, you know, like you see a buff guy, you know, he's got the chest, his chest is defined, his arms are defined. He looks like a man, right? He's, he's kind of, you know, that is generally going to be more sexy than a guy who's, you know, who's overweight, he's carrying a lot of body fat, therefore he's probably going to be lazier. Now, for, for, for women, my understanding, and again, jump in any time from the women's perspective, right, and to be like, you know, but my understanding is that women, um, it's not so much about physicality, but there that is 
a part of it. And as men, like if you're a man listening to this or you're a woman and you want your men, you know, and you're like, hey, can you take a listen, right? Drop your body fat percentage, <laughs> meaning start like just start, start working out and start eating healthy. Because even if you don't practice semen retention, if you decide, no, I don't want to do that, simply by working out, lifting weights, or doing some kind of exercise that you feel like, I mean, you don't have to become some gym buff or anything. I'm not a big gym guy. You see, I'm not a huge guy like in that sense. But it's, over time. It's like cultivating male qualities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great way of putting it. You yeah. have to cultivate masculine qualities. And first, so you have to understand what is a masculine quality, right? And the basics is to provide and protect. So here's the deal stop pursuing women and start pursuing success. Okay? Most guys think that the way to more women is by pursuing women. And actually, that is not our job as men. We shouldn't be running around chasing women. What we should be doing as men is providing and protecting means our job is to stay focused on our success. Advance in your career. Get things done around the house. It doesn't mean you have to become the president. It doesn't mean you have to, right? Like, it, like... Most women just want to see that you're doing masculine things. Like if there's a project at home, you know, if if, if you were supposed to, you know, uh, uh, take the garbage out, take the freaking garbage out, right? <laughs> like, you know, right? Like it's because it's right? what you're doing is you're showing I am a man who gets things done. I am a man who accomplishes I'm an advancing man. This is what I call an advancing man. So maybe you're in your career, right? And you're, you know, advance in your career. If you're like, I don't really want to advance in your career, you don't have to, right? Like you may be like, no, I'm happy with my job. I don't want to be a manager or something like this. Great. Maybe go in and volunteer your time in the community. Put yourself in a place where you're helping others, you're leading others, you're organizing. Because what you're doing is you're showing signs that you are a good provider and protector. And there's a million ways to do that. So as men, uh, working out, get into shape, You know, grow muscle mass. That's going to help your testosterone. It's going to help your sex drive. If you, boost your energy. It's going to boost your energy. You're going to feel more positive. And because you feel more positive, that's naturally going to be attractive. Naturally. Oh, there's a positive guy. He's going to have the signs that he's an advancing man. That's naturally, that's going to catch women's attention. Help others. Right? Uh, uh, and also, up your skills in, in, in or up your masculine qualities. So, just you know pursue maybe get a side hustle make a little bit more money pursue spirituality if you're a spiritual man like it doesn't matter it's funny like my my experience so far is and and working with men now like you know we've just had over a thousand students come through the semen retention army through our all of our collective programs right we just passed a thousand students over the last few years and i'll tell you it almost doesn't even matter what you're advancing in. It's just that you're advancing, right? So, so yeah. again, so some guys are like, well, I don't want to pursue. I like my job and I don't want to be a, a, a CEO. It's, it's not about that. They, your, your woman wants to see 
that you are growing. And that could just mean get things done around the house. Take initiative. Plan things. You be the planner. Say, hey, Friday night. I'm, I'm, you know, give a little surprise too. Don't even tell her what you have planned. Just plan it and do it. Just say Friday night. I need you looking the best. I need you looking your best Friday night. Done. And then have a night planned. And you know what? Every man does this at the beginning, right? Why? Because we all know if I plan a good night, generally she's going <laughs> to give me a good night, <laughs> right? So, but you, you, you mentioned it to him that um, over time, we as men, and I will put my hand up and say guilty, you know, we, we, this is just life, you know, we have to catch ourselves. So it's also being, you know, like real, like, you know, we're not all perfect, but is that we can just become entitled to it or think, why is my woman not pursuing me? Right? Why is she not, you know, what, like, why is she not just jumping all over me? And then you have to ask yourself, and it's t- it's a tough pill to swallow as a man. Am I the type of guy that she wants to jump all over? You know, am I an advancing man? Or am I sitting watching Netflix all day, playing video games all day, on the computer all day, eating crappy foods all day, growing a beer belly, which means you're full of estrogen, <laughs> right? You're not full of testosterone. You're full of estrogen. You're, you're full of... Uh, feminine qualities you're passive in your life you're not advancing she's not going to be turned on by you and again more women now are looking outside of their marriage for satisfaction than ever before and there's a direct correlation to the fact that most men are be are more passive and less aggressive in their advancement than ever before as well awesome yeah, I think you really sort of hit the nail on the head there because everything that you say are things that annoys me. <laughs> when, when the dude is just like, can't be bothered to do anything. Yeah, yeah, I'll do it tomorrow. Can't be bothered. I'm just going to watch Netflix. I'm just going to sit and eat and engage in mindless self-harm, basically, um, by eating crap food. All of that is really, really unattractive. And there's no nice way of saying it. And I'm not saying that I'm perfect 100% of the time. And I imagine that it's the same thing on the other side as well. But it's it's something that is worth keeping in mind. Is like If things are not working, kind of look at your life, what's actually going on. Because what you say is really true. And I don't know if most guys actually realize what sort of impact that would have. I, I don't think they do because unfortunately, and I mean, this is why we're doing what we're doing and we're willing to have these conversations very openly and transparently is because we recognized, like for us, this was life changing stuff. This was like, yeah. oh my, it just, it's like, oh my gosh, it, it almost becomes obvious after the fact, right? Like after you talk yeah. about it and you become aware, you're like, right, like that obviously just makes sense, but when you're living life, and again, you nobody's perfect. I'm not, you know, some days I will just binge out and watch Netflix. But Sarah also knows that's not my day-to-day action. 
Like, she knows that yeah. that's not a regular. So when I do that, it's not like she's like, oh, like, geez, you know, he's watching Netflix again. No, it's like, actually, sometimes Sarah's like, you know, it's cool to chill out, right? Like, you can... You yeah, can. sometimes I have to remind him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, it's cool to chill out. It's cool to just, like, watch... Yeah, just watch Netflix today and, and, and or just, you know, whatever, right? So there's a balance, and we all have feminine and masculine energy within us. So, and, and there's sometimes... Now, we have a cool system. I think it's beneficial to talk about our captain system. I think that's... Oh, yeah. I think that'll help a lot of couples. Mm-hmm. So... There's sometimes where the woman needs to be in the masculine, right? Like she needs to be in charge, right? Kind of thing, right? Um, so we have a captain system because in relationships, there's generally a subtle power struggle. And it shows up sometimes in the most stupidest of places, right? Like playing video games. Playing video games. Okay. Playing video. Okay. So we're going to tell you a real story. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So we play this video game called uh, Rocket League. Rocket League, okay? And I'm not a video game player, right? But Sarah's a gamer, right? Like she's a gamer and she's into video games. I'm not. So for me, Sarah leads the video game world in our in our in our in our relationship, right? And I uh, try to put my effort into playing video games to spend time with Sarah and engage in things that she likes. But I do really like Rocket League. And I like FIFA. But anyways, that's another story. (laughs) (laughs) So, so in... Sarah's way better at video games than I am. Like, she'll just, like, rock it. She's actually really awesome at them. And so this game Rocket League, we play. And so we're playing this game, Rocket League, and we're on the same team. And I suck. Like, I am not good at this game, right? And so I'm letting... I'm just all over the place. So it's a, it's a video game where you have a car, and you're, like, hitting this big bouncy ball. It's and like you, soccer, but you're in a car. Yeah, you're, it's like soccer, you're in a car, right? But anyways, <laughs> right? And so... So I'm all over the place, just just like, because I'm like, oh, I'm pressing buttons, and I'm missing, and I'm crashing into her, and I'm just not a very good player at the game. And so, you know, she's getting frustrated because we're getting our ass kicked, right? And Because we're playing against other people online, right? And we're just getting yeah. our ass kicked. And, and she's getting frustrated because she's like, wants to win, right? And she's like, look, I, you know, I want to win. And, blah, and I'm just like, ah, you know, video, right? And so she says, so, so finally to, 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 to get us winning and to have some, 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 you know, some team play here, she says, you stay in the net. Now, at first I'm resistant because I'm like, oh, I just want to freaking press buttons and just don't tell me what to do. Right. <laughs> right? So this is the, the subtle power control, right? As a man, we don't like to be told what to do. I'm the man, right? But we have to be, like, above that kind of pettiness. So she says, you play in the net and get good at that. And and so she shows me, if you play in the net, you'll actually do better and blah, 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 blah. So what we did is we created this system called the captain system. So depending on the activity that we're doing or the decisions that need to be made, we will first call out Who's who captain? is captain. Okay? If... I am captain, then I am leading the situation or I am making, I, in, in a sense, it's like permission that I get the final say. I will, because you have to, eventually someone has to make a decision, right, of what we're doing. So in the business, because we work together in, in our business, right, 
I'm the captain in the business, right? So great. So we'll she'll present ideas. Sometimes I'll be like, yeah, that's awesome. Let's do it. Other times I'll be like, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to do it this way, right? And that's just because that's life. That's just what it is. In other times, like for example, in video games, Sarah is captain, right? When we play Rocket League, Sarah's... So if when she says, get in the net, I am supporting her. I get my butt in the net and I'm going to protect the ball. When it comes to decorating the house, Sarah is captain. She may say, what do you think about this? And I have very like low standards when it comes to decorating the house, right? If it was up to me, we would have four walls and a roof, and I'd be like, "Look, we're good, okay? We're good. We got four walls and a mattress what do you... on the floor." Yeah, and a mattress on the floor, right? Because that's <laughs> ma- masculine mindset, right? very functional, right? Then why do you want to spend money on that, right? Like to me, that's like it's not functional. Like why would you? Why would we put money there, right? But obviously, again, learning about this and realizing that. As a man, allowing your woman to lead in certain ways will bring so much to your life. Like our living room is a beautiful living room. I actually like going in there and sitting there. And I laugh to myself because I'm like, I would be the asshole that would be like, oh, we're spending money on this carpet and, you know, blah, 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 right, right, right. But then when it's all separated, I'm like, oh, it's really nice in here. Eh? I like sitting in this room. <laughs> right? And so what we've learned is that Sarah... Like the captain system has uh, has uh, saved us many arg- like from many arguments and... Uh, Resentment. Yeah. And we use it even like even in the smallest situations. Like oh, yeah. if, we're, if, if we're both in the kitchen cooking... Well, it's hard. It's, it's we just say, okay. Well, I'm captain right now, so he'll be like, okay. What do you need me to do? I need you to do meal. I need you to like chop vegetables. So even in small situations like that, when we're able to uh, just verbally, uh, verbally uh, accept that there's going to be a leader in a situation, we have no. There's no problems anymore. Yeah, there's no. There's that subtle power struggle goes away, and it's, again, it's the simplest things. Uh, we're gonna watch a movie on Netflix. Okay, you're choosing the movie tonight. So there's none of that. Oh, what do you want to watch? Well, I don't know. What do you want to watch? I don't know. You make a decision. Oh my god! Right? It's just like, and it's like, and again, it's that subtle powerness that over time, that's what kills your passion in your relationship. It creates like resentment and yeah, it creates all these undertones of resentment or like I or I don't feel like like maybe the woman feels like she never gets her way. That's why I said one of the <laughs> biggest differences when you came back from you know like your own journey with your health was that Sarah set boundaries for herself. I'm into this and I'm not into that. I'm not talking about sex. Like I'm talking about just like life. Like you know, what I mean, like and sex too, right? I'm into this. And I'm not into every. It's, it goes. It goes for it all, right? It goes. It's. It goes. It's. It's. It's cross board. I, I'm willing to. Um, like Sarah had said some things about like spiritual practices, right? Like where she's like, I really like these aspects of our spiritual practice. I'm not into this. The, these aspects more like the cultural aspects and such. Great. Good. This is what works for me. I mean, one perfect example is that I'm vegetarian. Sarah's not. It's fine. Because we've set boundaries about certain things. So 
we allow each other to be individuals and at the same time we're we're still partners and we see our life as a partnership and we verbalize it so it's not like and I think one of the biggest challenges with couples I know at least when I'm working like with guys and guys and working with them on their job half the things nothing's being verbalized well a lot of couples they're not even friends yeah yeah yeah. that's a problem yeah 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 yeah. they're kind of like coexisting (laughs) yeah Yeah, they're like yeah okay we've got kids now so we have to stay together or you know we we coexist we live together but again that's why there's a lot of cheating and a lot of all this stuff right and uh and and they and then so when all that stuff is going on or even if there's no like say cheating per se but there's just a lot of resentment and you know and and it's neither it's generally neither one's fault completely right like it's generally both maybe someone's not setting boundaries or or like i find like with women that i when i talk to women i'm like are you communicating your boundaries are you communicating your desires are you telling him what you want well no well he's not a mind reader you know and same thing with the man are you telling her what you want? Are you saying, this is what I'd like to try? I'd like, Well, no. A lot of that, because they're almost afraid of each other. In a way, right? Like, why well, don't, like, I, I don't know what she's going to think or blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, this is the person that you should be the most vulnerable with, right? It, yeah. it, it, ideally, this is the person you're ideally going to spend the most time with in your life and you're hiding some of your most deepest aspects of your psyche. No wonder you have resentment. And what most people do is blame their partner. But it's not the partner to blame. It's like, hold on, am I communicating? And it does take work. And it's not always perfect. And relationships can get messy. But that's also the, you know, it's part of the joy, right? It's part of the fun of it, of, of figuring it out. But yeah, if there's like a couple watching or, you know, the captain system... I'm telling you, it was like such a wonderful it system. It revolutionized. Yeah, it's, 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 it's re- it's revo- it revolutionizes it. Just call out captain and allow each other to be captains and play to your strengths. Like, like I'm very happy that, trust me, you don't want me decorating the living room. The colors won't match. I don't even want you hanging a picture. It's true, because that picture is going to be crooked. The, right? the colors won't match. I'm going to put up like this because I just like, like, it's like, like outfits. Like when I dress, like Sarah's helped me dress. If not, like, because I'll be like, <laughs> well, I really like these pants and I really like this shirt. So I'll put on a pair of pants I like and I'll put on a shirt that I like. But Sarah will be like, I get that you like them as separate pieces, but they don't go together. Right. <laughs> yeah, they don't. They're, but I'm like, but I like the shirt and I like the pants. So the way that if I was to dress myself without Sarah's input, though, it would be like it would just be it would just be a mismatch of things. I would just pick things I like, but I wouldn't be able to see the whole picture. For the record, he's gotten a lot better. I I'm, have, just, be, I'm just because, putting. <laughs> but I, and that's because of you, because you've taught me things like I've and these are very feminine type things right like uh, right and seeing the world and so when when again you have a nice captain system and you can acknowledge each other's strengths and you can admit where you're weak like i know i'm weaker in decorating and beauty things of like like making things look good definitely i'm weaker in that 
So I acknowledge that. And then I lean more on Sarah or Sarah is definitely like, I'll even be like, can you captain that? Like, I'll even be like, you captain that because I trust her eye on other things. I'll captain that, right? Because there's more skill sets that that I have that I bring to the table that Sarah doesn't. And that's the beauty of masculine feminine energy. We complement each other. So when you as a couple learn to work together. Sorry. No, 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 I was just wondering, did you ever have like occasions where you're like, okay, I'm the captain and you're like, hang on, I wanted to be the captain. And you kind of start having this internal fight about whether to actually speak up about you wanting to be the captain, which she's already said it or the other way around. Actually, no. I think we we That's respect the cat. We we respect the captain system. If someone is is declared the captain, then it's then that's that. Yeah. And 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 again, like uh, the captain system is is um, generally based. We we know each other. And we know ourselves as individuals well enough to know. This is where you have to take personal responsibility too. The best thing that anyone can do for their relationship, in my opinion, is to get better as an individual. When I say get better, meaning know yourself better and acknowledge I'm good at these things and these things I'm not so good at. So generally, I, I, I don't think I was trying to remember. I don't think we've ever battled it out on who's the captain because we kind of already know who's better suited to be captain. Right, it, we we already kind of know. Yeah. Like, I, it, there's certain things. Like, again, if we're gonna go shopping, right, for house decorations, groceries, or groceries, Sarah's just better suited to be captain. But so. it saves, even though like we we kind of have an idea of who is probably better well suited to be captain. At least, like, I'll use the cooking example. Uh, the cooking, yeah. Uh, so if we didn't declare a captain, then if I just said Nick, go cut those vegetables. Then he'll be mm. like, well, why are you, that's kind of rude to just be telling me go cut vegetables. So it kind of uh, cuts out the, uh, <laughs> again, the resentment or the, yeah. why, are, why are you in charge? Yeah. So we, by declaring it right in the mm. beginning, it just, like I, like I said before, it has saved us so many, so many frustrations. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and we see it in other couples when we're hanging out with other couples you know, young couples, old couples, you know, we go to, uh, we see where the subtle power dynamic is there. And we'd be like, man, they, they need the captain system, you know, right? Like, 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 <laughs> you know, they just, they just need to like set and I'm sorry, but this is going to be, uh, uh, politically incorrect, but I don't care about that. Um, roles. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I said it. Gender roles, right? Whether it's and it doesn't mean that like it's oh no. uh, Yeah, yeah. Oh no, right? Like oh my gosh, I'm talking about roles. <laughs> yes. I am that that there is uh 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 there men are dispositioned for certain types of uh uh, uh ways and women are dispositioned for a certain type of ways. And I think it's a massive disservice to tell the world that we are the exact same. Equal and the same does not mean the same thing. Yes, equality. I'm I'm all for equal. Sarah is my equal. Yep. But are we the same? No. Equal doesn't necessarily mean the same. I have masculine qualities, so therefore I have a masculine mindset. 
and I see the world through, and I can't, I'm never going to get away from that. I see the world through a masculine frame or body. And Sarah is a woman who's got very feminine qualities and she will see the world through a feminine frame. Once we can understand and respect each other in that way, then we can complement each other. And we can also help each other get better at certain things, right? Like, you know, for me, uh, like, I mean, we were talking about this over the weekend a bit about like being a little bit more nurturing when Sarah is feeling down, right? Because I tend to take on a masculine way, right? Like suck it up, buttercup, and keep going, right? You know, type of thing, right? And uh, and she'll be like, no, yeah. that's that's not what I need, right? Like I, at sometimes. So, so again, there's no perfect, like, and, 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 and never, never expect or demand perfection from your partner. This is someone that you're supposed to love and none of us are perfect. We're not always going to get it right. But if 90% of the time or 95 percent of the time or even 80 percent of the time you're getting it right then who cares about the five or ten percent when you don't get it right that's easily forgiven yeah easily when it's overall good when things mess up or or, oh shit i messed up on that my bad or you know we we say things that you know like because that happens in really that's life we also accept mistakes as part of the journey and i think that we need to always remember that that like we're we're supposed to be helping each other, not fighting with each other. Yeah, absolutely. So, Sarah, I would like to hear a few final words from you. Like, what has been the absolute best thing, and you know, why would you recommend, if you can even recommend that? <laughs> that <laughs> Other women will try to get their partners into doing something similar. Like, how, how has this changed your life? It's very simple. Um, better sex. He's more attentive. We're um, uh, more connected. And again, he's just ultra focused on on our mutual goals. So, yeah, I, I have no, I have nothing like. I don't know if I can go into more detail, but then like what we've already or what I've already like said earlier on in the podcast, but yeah, just super, super focused. And um, from him practicing the like the semen retention or sexual alchemy, his male, like his masculine energy, it's just cultivating his masculine energy, which is making him more attractive to me, which is again, making him more desirable uh, which is improving, which has improved our sex life. Um, and when I, I just find that when our sex life is uh, is good, everything else seems to be really, <laughs> really good too. Um, but I guess how you treat one thing is kind of how you treat everything. So if he's being more attentive yeah. uh, in the bedroom, he's more attentive in the business and vice versa. Um, so I definitely re- recommend if you're a guy out there who's kind of, thinking about it but hasn't made a final like a decision yet uh you have nothing to lose you have nothing to lose all you have is is what to gain (laughs) yeah yeah 
Awesome. So I'm going to put the details out again, but if people want to ask you some questions, get hold of you, etc., is there some way that they can do that? Or the best yeah. way to do that? Where can they find you? Yeah, best way is to go to uh, nakuladas.com and uh, there's a contact form where you can send uh, an email and if you want to direct it to Sarah, you could just say, you know, attention Sarah or Nakula pass this to Sarah. Uh, we work together in the business, uh, uh, you know, so so it'll, it'll end up for her. Uh, or if you want to ask us a question as a couple, maybe you're a couple and you want a couple to talk to, you know, uh, just reach out. We're we're very open. We do this to help, and again, that's why we're so open, um, and 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 telling people about it because we know the benefits. We know how great this has been for our life, and it's. I think it's natural that when you find it's like you know you find something great, you just want to share it. And uh, again, we've met so many yeah. couples, and they're beautiful people, and they love each other, but yet we can see like that 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 dynamic there's if i'm like if they just understood a little bit of how masculine feminine energy work and dropped the power struggle and started complementing each other's energies like how much more their relationship would enhance both in and outside the bedroom yeah do, do you work with couples as well or is it just the guys uh, I work with just the guys as of right now. I am very open to working yeah. with couples um, um, in that sense. I don't work with a women like one-to-one or anything. I've actually helped some women answer questions and such, but I don't have programs or anything. I also don't feel qualified to work yeah. with women because I can't give a personal experience, right? I can tell you what I've read, what I've studied and such, um, but I'm happy to answer questions and I'm happy to help in any way I can. Uh, I generally work with men, and I'm very open to working with couples. Awesome. Well, thank you both for coming here today. It was awesome to have you here, Sarah, and just kind of shine that female perspective on things, which he couldn't really answer last time, <laughs> which is cool, and I can understand <laughs> But I am that's limited. why you're here. So, no, thank you so much. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'll just I'll just say this before we sign off too. Like, like obviously yeah. Sarah, you can see I say obviously, but Sarah's much more like introverted. She's normally doesn't jump on camera, and you know I'm the one out there, like you know blah 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 blah, <laughs> right? So just like yeah, I'm a lot more comfortable behind the scenes, but I appreciate you inviting me on the show, and uh, I'm really happy that I was able to be here yeah. today with you. I'm I'm happy you said yes. Um, you're my girl. I'm also an introvert, but here I am. We just do what we do, and hopefully we can help some people. So hopefully. thank you. I, I know it's not always easy to be on camera, but uh, I hope that some people we feel you know that they got their questions answered. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the LCAL podcast. If you like the show and you want to support the show, you can do so by sharing it with anyone who you think may benefit from listening to it. Or if you're so inclined, you can make a donation over at PayPal or at Patreon and you will find the links in the description. Have an awesome day.